So come on you vixens, big game ahead. Twenty-one games played, one more to go. It's all coming down to the final game of the season. Episode 24 of the Bristol City Vixen cast. And my name is DM Withers. I'm Nat Brown. And I'm Shahan Mir. We're coming to you a little bit later uh, this week following the social media blackout that happened across English football over the bank holiday weekend. Uh, the Vixen cast chose not to up- update their social media accounts or record a podcast during this weekend. DM and myself also took part in the social media boycott and Nat doesn't have any social media accounts to boycott from in the first place. That's because I'm boycotting Shaham. I'm one step ahead of the game. Oh. Yeah, you're constantly boycotting. Constant boycott. I don't need that in my life. To our listeners who do use social media, uh, you can still follow us on Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook at BC Fixing Cast. And don't forget to uh, leave a, a review and rate us on whichever podcast provider you c- can do that on because the more reviews and the more uh, shares that we get, like the, the better it is for the Vixen cast to go worldwide. Should we just dive in and talk about Sunday's 1-0 home defeat against Man United? Last game, penultimate game of the season, last home game of the season. What did you make of it? Uh, I thought it was a uh, unlucky that we uh, precisely lost the game considering uh, it, it was a very even performance, but we'll go more into that uh, throughout the episode. Uh, it was Man United's first visit to the West Country uh, since they joined the, the WSL because last season's fixture at Ashen Gate was postponed, was cancelled due to the season being suspended. Uh, Man U uh, were in fourth, uh, having beat Tottenham 4 1 the week before uh, and were trying to get that final Champions League spot. Uh, and just before this game, um, just bear in mind, um, in midweek, Birmingham came back to draw one all with Aston Villa, which made Villa one point above Bristol City. However, early on in Sunday, uh, Villa also drew, drew with West Ham in the nil-nil stalemate, which then meant uh, Villa were two points above Bristol City. Uh, looking at the squad, uh, it, it appeared to be a 4-1-4-1 formation with Bagley in goal. The back four of Bryson, Skeels, Evans and Perfield which I'm sure is what Nat mentioned in last week's episode. So maybe uh, Matt Beard and the team are listening to us, or at least to Nat, in their <laughs> uh, team, to, in their squad lineups. Um, it was appeared to be Meg- Megan Sargent by herself in her first and last home game at Tram Park of the season. Uh, and there was the other four of Charlie Wellens, Molly Pride, Carla Humphrey, and Yana Daniels, and Ebony Salmon was the sole upfront uh, forward. And of course, she scored against Man United in every single WSL fixture that these two teams played against. Uh, as for Man U, uh, they appeared to do a 4 3 3 with a few Vixens in disguise, featured, featured including Mary Earps, uh, Millie Turner, and Lucy Sandalforth. I couldn't see Hayley Ladd anywhere, so I assume she must be injured. Um, yeah, um, I don't know about you, DM, and that, but the first note I literally made was in the first minute, Yana Daniels got fouled, which <laughs> seems to be a regular occurrence. However, this did lead to a City Bristol City free kick. How- Unfortunately, the player was offside. Uh, mm. DMNR, do, uh, do you think the offside decision was correct? Um, do you know what? I can't actually remember that. Um, the, the main things I remember from that match um, in the first half, Faye Bryson had the game of her life. She played absolutely superb in the first half. It was amazing to watch her 
full of confidence, putting the tackles in, being really effective um, on the attack as well. She was just winning everything. She was really positive. It was just great to see. You can obviously see that she is a player that thrives on confidence. It was great to see her in the starting lineup. She obviously came on last week against Villa and made that big impact. And I thought, yeah, I thought we played really well in the first half. I thought we were obviously very unlucky you know to not be ahead at, at half time so yes yeah, so I, I I can't ask your question my main I was I'm more I have a more thematic memory of of that match I think no worries do you have, <laughs> now did you have any other comments on the first half I I have to agree with DM about um Faye Bryson she played great didn't she showed what a great attacker she is showed what a great defender she is it was nice to see her playing a bit higher up um and yeah, I thought Skills might have been playing in that one on her own role at some point. So I don't know if they were being fluid about that, maybe. Sorry, the dog's um, squeaking something squeaky. I don't know if you can hear that at all, but it's certainly there. Mm. And he keeps biting my ankles. And uh, of course, uh, I, I have time. It was Neil, though, which, to be honest, I was very surprised about um, because... Based on the last time, obviously United played uh, Bristol City was in a six-one fashion at the Sports Village. However, I don't know whether Twerton Park was a surface or environment which the United team just weren't used to playing on. Yeah, and I just thought they looked—they just looked disjointed, and actually thought they looked like they were there for the taking in the first half, and it was—it was disappointing. We should have—we should have come away with—we should have been in front um, at half time. Um, See. So skills hitting the bar and you know there were other there were other opportunities as well I think Salmon was one-on-one with Mary Earps I mean it was a difficult um challenge not challenge difficult attempt and if she put that way obviously she's put away difficult attempts in the past um so and Mary Earps is a very good goalkeeper as we know from watching watching her play for Bristol it was a good performance first half and I thought well you know we could potentially get something from this and you know maybe get a point you know, possibly even three, who knows? Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought Man United were poor. As, as much as we were good, I thought they weren't very good. Just returning to your point about, you know, the conditions you were kind of alluding to where they used to playing on a pitch like Twerton Park. I actually thought it's starting to look really nice again, isn't it? It didn't look, it wasn't holding up very well in the bad weather. But I think Twerton Park looks quite nice now. They look like they've done a good job on the pitch. So I don't think that's necessarily something that um, a team like Man United would be kind of, worried about now it certainly doesn't look like a poor quality pitch anymore so um I don't think they could use that as an excuse I just don't think they were playing very well they didn't string together any passes they were we were intercepting lots of their passes and they just didn't they can really dominate and they can really cause people a lot of uh pressure and stress um and they just didn't seem to did they it didn't feel frightening playing against them I didn't feel like they were going to score uh, in that first half, especially, they just they looked really average and like they, yeah, they looked certainly no better than us. Uh, and I think, yeah, maybe a bit of a missed opportunity there because mm. if we'd have scored uh, at least one goal, maybe um, maybe we would have held out for a for a point or even gone on to score more. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Now, uh, Andy and. Um, one fun, funny thing that happened during this game was, of course, as, as you you talk about Manu being very below average, uh, and that um, it got to a point where Casey Stoney emerged from 
her team's dugout and appeared to do what Marco Bielsa, the manager of the Leeds United men's team does. He just sits <laughs> on a random box or something like that. And I got a message from a friend of mine who was watching the game uh, and he said, oh, it looks like Casey Stoney's got the, the deck chair. <laughs> she sits on a, a cool box, apparently, doesn't she? In the same way that Bielsa always sits on that upturned bucket. Apparently, Casey Stoney is renowned for sitting on the same cool box. I've never seen this. I've only I've only ever seen her sort of scowling fiercely from the touchline with her arms crossed. I think um, she has the same facial expression regardless of like her, if her team are doing badly or if her team are doing, doing well. Or, or so the memes tell me. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's good. I think it's, 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 you, you never know how to, to read her as a, as a person. You'd never know if she was, if she was happy with you or unhappy with you, which I don't know, some people are really motivated, motivated by that kind of uh, social interaction and management technique. And, but no, I didn't see her squatting on a, on a cool box. So <laughs> next time I'll, I'll definitely look for that because I'm sure I'd enjoy it. When they came to the second half, there was no halftime subs at all. However, mm. uh, during um, it was at this point that Arsenal scored a last-minute penalty to make a 2-1 against Everton in their game. And as such, Arsenal um, would, would now take the final Champions League spot, uh, so which meant even regardless of the result that happened on Sunday and, sub- and the subsequent round, Next week, uh, United will, ha- will can no longer go above fourth and will miss out on the Champions League. The first thing I noticed in the 57th minute was um, it looked like Ella Toon had scored but was ruled offside and then appeared to be subbed off straight away uh, by, by Casey Stoney for Jackie Grunin. Do you, do you think that was a good call by the ref? Uh, yeah, Manaf? I've been so anxious watching Bristol play recently that I like I can't actually really remember the details um which i know is quite bad for for a podcast but it is it is the reality of it um i've just it's been very very nerve-wracking um and stressful and i'm not looking forward to sunday because of that yeah i don't know what did you think i haven't seen the replay since but at the time i just thought oh that was lucky um but i think again because there's no replays available for, for games that were part because maybe that's what the fa player does but i just thought i was lucky for few um other team's not gonna not gonna get another chance and of course she she she, she got subbed off straight away i mean i assume she was gonna be subbed off at that time anyway but it just happened she made an attempted goal and just so our listeners know um now has briefly stepped away to look after bernie i believe oh i mean one thing i do talking about offside one thing that was really clear from man united is that they were you know, we, our line was offside line or whatever you call it. Our back line was stepping up and they were being called offside a lot. Um, and that, you know, that was that was interesting. Um, you know, good defending or poor attacking on their behalf. But it was they definitely looked a lot more threatening when when Jane Ross c- came on. Um, but I must say, one of the things that I found disappointing about the second half performance is um we lost it in midfield um, again. And I think this is, I mean, I think Tanya Oxtaby used to talk about, you know, a 90 minute performance quite a lot. And, and I think that is actually quite true of, of the team um, that sometimes we, we just, we could seem to play very well or at least 11 players can play very well for 45 minutes, but then they, they clearly not everybody can keep their heads um, or keep the level of intensity going because it's it's hard you know they're having to concentrate a lot and I just thought I thought Carla Carla Humphrey and Molly Pike 
um, had a really good first half, but I thought they looked, they started to kind of lose it. They both started to lose the battle in midfield for us. And I think we, we could have done with an earlier midfield substitution in that match. I think I don't understand why Ella Mastrantonio was brought on in the 85th minute. I just don't understand it. She was evidently a game changer last time she was brought on earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. And we were losing the battle in midfield. Like Emma mm. Bissell, Emma Bissell and Ella Mastrantonio bring them on because I thought I just thought Humphrey and Pike lost it. Well, it's, it's, you mentioned that, of course, about Mastrantonio and Bissell because, they, yes, they, they did come on the 88th minute uh, for both Humphrey and Sargent. I think mm. Pike played the whole 90 minutes and the first uh, Bristol City sub was, was on 60 minutes when Abby Housen came on for Charlie Wellens. Yeah. Um, and um, which was good, and actually Harrison came on and did a really good job. I thought she yep. she was she was she was good. Um, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the decision making. I suppose is what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Yes, of course. Um, you think what was it, the subs were done too late, or do you think they weren't enough, or, or yeah, I thought that in particular when we were so clearly like we were starting to lose, we were losing it in midfield. I thought. That's what started to happen, and that's when it started to slip away from us. We were lo- we were started to. I think I think I think Humphrey and and Pike can be um, quite effective, and for for periods shorter periods of time. But I I don't think they can do it for the whole ninety minutes. They can't be the general for you know the midfield generals for the full ninety minutes, and we need a level of intensity in that midfield, and we've always needed it. And I think that's just that's actually maybe something about the FAWSL is that you need probably something about all football actually. You need a lot in the midfield, and you need a lot of of control, and you need a lot of aggression. You not need a lot of composure, and I I just think one of the big shames for me this season is is that Master Antonio has been underused as a player. I just I don't understand. I just don't understand why you why you wouldn't play somebody of that quality um, and of our you know, experience as well. Yeah, exactly. Just don't get it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, considering obviously she's a big international sign and I'm quite surprised she hasn't featured in as many of the games. Diana, do you think a substitution should have been made quicker, especially after the 77th minute when I thought Jane Ross had scored the goal that won the game for Man United, but it seemed to have bounced off Yana Daniels mm. instead? Or do you think that was just pure pure bad luck? Like Yana Daniels was at the wrong place at the wrong time. It was just a bummer. That goal was a bummer. I mean, it really was. It was, you know, it was. I was, I was so annoyed. I was, I just thought rubbish. Just well, stronger, stronger words than that. But it was, hmm. it was just rubbish. It was just a rubbish, rubbish goal to concede. Um, but I thought Jane Ross was really good when she came on, and she is actually. I know she's towards the end of her career, but she's been a player who's always been very effective. Um, and, you know, she's a player who I wish could have come to Bristol, actually, and she'd have played a lot more, you know, on the, you know, she'd have been a great player for us. I mean, I would take your word for it because, to be honest, like, as I said, I'm, a, I'm still relatively new to the women's game. I've only been following her properly for the last two years, and I only, I've only ever heard of Jane Ross when she, while well, she's been in Man United, so I'm not aware, mm. like, whatever team she's played for, but... Um, I was gonna um another key um a huge talking point was on the A second minute when it appeared Abby Harrison was fouled by Millie Turner and no penalty was given and you could hear like the shouts of like Mad Beard and other C players 
you know, bet yelling at the ref or calling the ref, you know, to offer a penalty, but none was given. And I've had a look at the replay because that was featured on the on the women's football show on BBC One, and I think it looked like a, pe- a penalty that um, somehow Bristol City just did not get. Diana, did you think that incident could have been a penalty? I think it, yeah, I think it could have been a penalty, um, but it wasn't. I was going to say like, well, I, I think the one positive thing that came out from the game was on the eighty the eighty ninth minute when Ebony Salmon. Uh, was subbed off for uh, making her first appearance in over 19 months, Jess Willey. And I've been, I've been watching City Women regularly for, what, almost two years now. I've never seen her play once at all. I didn't even know what injuries she had, but <laughs> she she came on and I didn't know what position she was going to play. But apparently <laughs> she's a straight swap. She's also a, a, another forward, I believe. I mean, DM and I, like, have you have you ever seen Jess Willey play? I'm sure I've seen her name on on the subs bench and I'm sure she's been on the pitch when I've been there but I can't tell you any more than that. She's definitely been on the subs bench she used to run she up and down the line down in front of us um stretching up. yeah and her um, mum and I've talked to her mum at the games. You talked to her mum. You sound a bit like Jonathan Pierce. Oh yeah, Lo- sorry. Lovely family. Yeah, lovely, lovely talking to her mum. Really warm feelings uh, talking to her mum. Got a lovely family. Lovely family. I spoke to them, you know, yeah, in the cafe before. At the yes. Buffet yeah. In the hotel. Had a yeah. We went for a leisurely swim together. Um, had a chewed, chewed the chewed the fat over a croissant. <laughs> no, no, we didn't do that. No. Um, probably just a a slight. Uh, brief conversation over a watery hot chocolate at Stoke Gifford Stadium but I definitely did speak to Jess Woolley's mum which is probably the most um, kind of Jess Woolley experience I've had which is speaking to her mother but um, but yeah it was brilliant to see her back on the pitch and I'm delighted she's a centre forward and um, yeah as you said Shahan earlier on Twitter she's going to come on next week and she's going to score the winner score 19 goals um, 19, 19 months worth of goals. 19, 19 months, months worth of goals. Um, she's been watching Ebony Salmon at training. Yeah, have absolutely no idea what she's like as a player. No, um, I hope she's bloody amazing. I mean, hopefully, the, the 19 months of worth of goals will help with the goal difference that Bristol City currently have. For sure, right? Yeah. And she doesn't um, have to be like messy, like eight, 19 months worth of goals. <laughs> sort that out yeah well it won't make any difference anyway unless unless Birmingham get docked a point for their crap administration and which obviously we don't want to happen because the last thing I want is is Birmingham to go down um in you know in that circumstance oh yeah you don't want anyone getting uh, relegated on paperwork an administrative error and Jess Willey scoring 19 months 50 (laughs) Lionel Mm. Messi-esque um it would be it would be unfortunate but shocking wouldn't it it all happened Mm. (laughs) well you know we've been living through a global pandemic so anything could happen really couldn't it that's great well hopefully uh, we'll (laughs) see more of her in the one remaining game that we have this season but we'll talk about that (laughs) in the next episode and yeah the the final piece I want to mention about the game was um on the 91st minute when I thought history was going to repeat itself when City got rewarded another free kick and oh, yeah. served to take it. But unfortunately, um, it wasn't a happy ending and Mary Earps was able to save it easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and full-time, Bristol City, Neil, Man United won in a result which, to be honest, I, I didn't even think 
Manu was expecting. Well, I, I assume they probably were expecting they win, but I didn't think based on the performance from the 90 minutes, I didn't think they were going to get anything out of it. I mean, I was, uh, I've said before, I was, I was disappointed that we lost, especially in the way that we did. Mm. Um, and I've seen, remember seeing the post-match interview with Matt Beard on the women's football show where he he, he even said like um, he didn't want a draw. Like he um, he said the team could have definitely gone for the win. Yeah, it was it was strange. And with that in mind, yeah, I think yeah, I think I think we needed to be a bit more tactically astute. Then I think we weren't we weren't going to get anything from the game in the second half the way it was starting to slide, you know. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just I just thought well they they knew that what happened in with Villa maybe, and they just thought it's 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 bust. We're gambling. It's a, it's a gamble, isn't it? Um, we're gambling on Sunday. It's, I mean, it's three I, points or bust. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think football is known for its gambling. Uh, as a trick, <laughs> obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, obviously, like... I, I think... mean, I'm going to be putting a lot of money on it. So <laughs> just, just you wait. If they're going to gamble, I'll gamble as well. Gamble on uh, 52, just Willie Gold. Yeah, that's <laughs> what's the odds on that? <laughs> um, I mean, if, if if any of our listeners do know, then... Please feel free to send, comment or send us a message on social media to let us know. Um, but yeah, looking at the stats, um, Bristol City had 39% possession compared to Man United's 61%. Bristol City had 10 shots with four on target compared to Man U's with 18 with three on target. That's why we had more. Sh- we had one more shot on target than they did. Um, equal amount of corners for each, and Bristol City had seven fouls compared to Man United's 10. And based with the other fixtures. The results on Sunday with, of course, with West Ham and Villa drawing 0 0 and Birmingham losing 4 0 to Man City. Of course, I just want to wish Ke- uh, get well soon to Chloe Kelly, who's unfortunately um, suffering an ACL injury. Um, West Ham a ninth on 15 points, Birmingham a 10th with 15 points, Villa are 11th with 14 points, and Bristol City is still bottom 12th with 12 points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah we've we've got a, <clears throat> I mean we've just got hope and we've got to throw the kitchen sink at them and uh, yeah before we talk about that let's hear from Shane the Man United fan from the Barmy Army and this is what he had to say about Sunday's result. Thanks for getting in touch, Shane. United women have just beaten Bristol City one 0 away from home. Uh, it wasn't a particularly exciting game, but we did get the job done thankfully. Uh, Bristol gave us a bit of an early warning shot in the first half when they hit the bar and to be honest that gave me flashbacks to last season when uh, when Bristol beat us at Lee Sports Village at the start of last year. Um, so yeah, a little bit of nerves going on there um, early on in the game. You know, it could have gone either way at that point, I think. Um, United overall, I thought, were really poor in possession. There was a lot of bad first touches, final pass was lacking, particularly in the first half. Um, and that's been a common theme throughout our season, really. You know, there's been plenty of games, whether we've uh, won, lost, drew, that, you know, we, we don't take our chances. We create so many of these open, clear-cut chances and we just don't take them, don't put the ball in the net. And you could see, see it going that way again today. Um, second half, we had Jackie Gronan and Jay Ross come off the bench and I think both had a fairly positive influence on the game itself and on our play um, and ultimately both of them I think as well as Kristen Press were involved in the goal 
Um, that's when I the game in the end. I thought Christian towards the end of the second half was particularly good. Made a lot of runs from deep, you know, picked the ball up, carried it forward, created some chances, got into the space. So that, that was still positive to see. Um, yeah, you know, happy with the win. It's, you know, win's a win, three points on the board still. Um, albeit it's a bit subdued mood because obviously it doesn't really have any effect on our league position. We can't finish any lower than fourth and Arsenal also won today. So, you know, with, you know, unless there's a massive, massive uh, goal difference swing next weekend, then, you know, we're, we're not going to leapfrog them into third place. Um, so fourth looks like where we'll stay. But yeah, overall, you know, very happy with the win, three points and looking forward to next week's game against Everton. Proceeding the game last Sunday, there was the news first reported by The Athletic and other news websites with Matt Beard supposedly going to join Liverpool in the Women's Championship after his time at Bristol City comes to an end. Now, of course, as we were recording this on Wednesday, the, the 5th of May, uh, the story has not developed and neither Liverpool or Bristol City have confirmed uh, that Matt Beard will indeed be joining his former club where he won two WSL titles with, including famously beating Bristol Academy on the last day of the season. Um, DM and Nat, do you think... First of all, what do you think of this news? Or do you think it's just a rumour? That's not going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think, really. Um, you know, I'd understand if uh, Matt Bid wanted to go on to to join a club, you know, permanently and, you know, trying to, trying to get them promoted, maybe. You know, he has been at the club before, so perhaps there are still people there that, um, that he has a, a good connection with or, or maybe they're... You know, they've enticed him back in some way. I think, you know, I think he's a good person to have around. I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool wanted him. Um, we know he's on a short-term maternity contract. In in football, that's pretty rare to have a, a maternity contract. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's eyeing up something else for the end of the for the new season. So, um, yeah, obviously, I'd I'd quite like him. I'd quite like him to hang around. But we're in a strange position of um, presumably having. Tanya Ox to be back at some point fairly soon, but I'm not really sure. I thought maternity leave was usually best part of a year, but that can be up to up to the individual, really. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on what happens on Sunday, really. And, you know, it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, it's... it's, it's if he... If we managed to stay up, obviously, I mean, even if we didn't, it would be lovely to if he, if he stayed for a bit longer. But I do understand why he wants to go. A bit surprised about Liverpool, you know, they say never go back. I so, mean, I, f- I think the likes of Jazz Matthews, Gianna Daniels, and Amy Palmer will probably disprove that for us. But <laughs> yeah, for sure, exactly. I know I'm just being a, you know, mm. an old wife. Old I mean, wife, old wife, old wife. <laughs> a but, very old wife. I mean, but yeah, I think I don't know. It's it is a bit of a weird one though. I'm not sure. My my worry with him going to Liverpool is that he'd you know take draw some players with him. I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we? See what happens next week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I pers- I mean, I think it'll be a great appointment for the championship. But I I also believe Matt Bill will be the type of magic considering his success in the league. Of course, winning all those titles and cup and cup final appearances, um, to to name a few of his accomplishments, I would have assumed he'd want to stay in the WSL. 
Yeah, unless they were offering him a lot of money. And it's also quite, you know, with only 12 teams, it's actually quite, it's quite a small league, isn't it? So I'd understand you wanting to stay, but you wouldn't want to just work your way around all the teams in the WSL, would you? Mm. I don't know. Just, it is a small league and there's not much of a pool of like teams to go to. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because obviously Liverpool's problems have been very well documented and maybe they're trying to address that. And I wonder if, you know, he went there and he found the club in a worse state than when he left it. I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we, what happens. Uh, I think, you know, we weren't expecting him necessarily to stay for a very long time. So I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the next few weeks. That's for sure. Yep, no worries, Dan, no worries now. Um, yeah, I, I personally think uh, he'll... I mean, I, I'd like to see him stay beyond the end of the season, but of course, league position and league status, of course, that's, that's other factors as well. But yeah, we just have to see what happens. And um, of course, the, the other big piece of news is myself and DM, again, as members of the Supports Club and Trust, were at the Robins High Performance Centre today as we were there to present uh, a couple of awards uh, but the main important one for the Vixen cast is the Sophie Trophy. And DM, do you want to reveal who that went to? Well, the, the Sophie Trophy went to none other than Baggers, Sophie Baggerly. Wow. It's, it's the only person who could get the Sophie Sophie Trophy. Unless we make it from now on an annual giving of a um, My Little Pony. <laughs> to, to someone to, not called Sophie next year. Yeah, so the Sophie Trophy is a it's it's a My Little Pony um, from a retro My Little Pony. Well, it's not retro. It wasn't retro when it first came out, but now it is a retro one from around circa 1980 to 80, 83, 82 to 83, which is my era of My Little Pony. Um, I'll have you know, um, and it's inspired by the the goalkeeper kit that Sophie Bagley war with distinction this season and i thought she i thought she took it pretty well shahan i don't know what do you think um well first I thought she accepted it with grace and dignity yeah i mean um i think well of course when, when we first met her of course she was wearing her face mask um <laughs> so of course we couldn't really see the full facial expression but <laughs> <laughs> The horror beneath the mask. George, George, the George West, the media guy. I, I think he looked pretty shocked um, and like terrified actually when I pulled the pony out of the bag. Um, I, I'm not sure what that terror was. It was like, almost like it was a severed head, <laughs> but, <laughs> like the Godfather or something. <laughs> and um, no, it's a, it's a pink My Little Pony with rainbow hair. Uh, but of course, I'm trying to think whatever recipient a former player well I'm trying to think whatever recipient could have received um the Sophie trophy and the only person <laughs> I can think of is a former player uh, Sophie Ingle why she deserves it I think her well since well since she uh, left Bristol what's happened to her like you know she's <laughs> captained her uh, her national team and joined the team which is qualified for the first Champions League final I mean it's not really the same is it yeah, only a bit of a fourth and grace yeah. is there is there any like weird trophies not like totally weird but like idiosyncratic tro- trophies that you'd want to give to any of the other players so other than the Sophie trophy other than the Sophie trophy I've only got one I mean 
usually I, I'm great when it comes to like puns and surnames, but you put me on the spot, DM. I, I can't. Nothing's come to mind, and I don't want to leave our listeners with radio silence while I try to think of. It doesn't of a, have to be a pun. It can just be an appropriate, appropriate gift. Go on then, DM. Well, the only thing I've I've always wanted to bake Jasmine Matthews a massive pasty. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yes, uh, just a really big one. Really, really big. Um, I will do that one day. Yeah, mm. that's a nice idea. A team pasty. Yeah, just a big pasty. If they if they stay up. God, you're threatening a pasty now. Aren't I'm going to make the biggest pasty you've ever seen. Uh, vegetarian. Obviously. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was going to um, use some of Bernie's um, dog meat. Uh, oh, you know, his God. his his special treats. And put them in there. Those rabbit ears. I'll put them in the pasty. I'm sure everybody would appreciate that. Actually, we do have a surprising amount of meat in the house for a vegetarian household. But the doggo. It is the doggo and the catto. Um, the doggo is whining at the at the door. So shall we shall we go on to preview Sunday's um, you know final fling kitchen uh, sink hurrah no, final was, hurrah. Well, before we do that, Dan. Let, let, Let's oh, just say, a, the, main reason, the main reason we were the Robins High Performance Centre was to <laughs> give uh, or give the presentation to the winner of the Women's Player of the Year and the Women's Young Player of the Year as voted for by the Prestige Support Club and Trust members. We're not going to reveal the winners here now because that will be done on Robins TV and by the Prestige website. So you have to check them out. We're not allowed to. We'd be we'd be like the people leaking the news about Matt Beard's going to Liverpool. Told <laughs> yeah. you now. <laughs> yeah. Who's the Who's the bent copper? <laughs> That's totally. <laughs> no, I know. So I had to get a, a line of the say. inexplicable obsession with line of duty. Reference you actually understand. I know. Yeah, I mean, well, we're not allowed to announce it, but it's happening right. on Saturday. It was very exciting. We were very we were, we had a nice time, didn't we? It's lovely there, isn't it? That high. We well, it was more like an hour, but it was <laughs> it was nice. We piddled over to Fayland and the lovely Long Ashton rolling hills of um, was it North Somerset? Yep. Um, and and lovely, that pitch, that pitch. Oh yeah, the lovely. pitches. Yeah, because there's more than one, but we didn't see all of them. And of course, I'm back there tomorrow, Thursday, the sixth of May, for the uh, men's uh, award presentations, and I'll get to meet some of the other uh, board members for the first time as well. In the flesh. Yep. Well, so a nice day out. Another a nice, hour out. A, nice, a nice opportunity to get out and about. Great. Definitely. Should we, should we press on? Should we do the final hurrah? Come on then, final hurrah. Yeah. What's yeah. happening next weekend, guys? Sunday. Woo. Brighton away. 2.30. Last game of the season. Got to win to stay up. Are we going to do it? Yes. Sorry, my phone just fell away. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we going to do it? Um... I want us to. I'm worried. One we... word, one word, one word. Worried. No. Worried. Okay, oh! no. Oh! <laughs> yeah, we went a bit 6.06 there, didn't we? Oh, my God. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer the question. I mean, I, I generally do want, obviously, City to, obviously to win, but then we have to rely on other results, potentially. And it is looking promising, of course. Aston Villa playing Arsenal. Of course, Arsenal have been on a great form for most of the season. And Birmingham are home to Spurs and West Ham are hosting Man City. So 
Well, they're, we, they're safe though, aren't they? It's only it's only Aston Villa who we can catch. And Birmingham, should they be deducted at any points? Well, but, let's hope that doesn't happen. And hmm. Birmingham, Birmingham will get a point against Tottenham. I think that's pretty sure. Tottenham are not great, and you know, yeah, they'll either beat them or they'll get a point. I think Arsenal, Arsenal beating Villa. I think it's pro- it's possible that it will happen because Arsenal are very very good, and uh, it's Joe Montenegro's last Muro, sorry, um, his last game, and they'll want to do it for Joe. Do it for us and do it for Joe. Do it for us, please, yeah. And uh, go on, not go. Yeah. 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 Why not? Do it for Joe. Do it for Tanya. Um, go on, Nobsy. Go on, Viv. Our mate Viv. Uh, you uh, know, me- B- Bristol City fan, isn't she? Viv- Vivienne Miedemar. Yeah. I mean, well, when it comes to Arsenal, of course, they struck. They were. I think they were one nil down to um, Everton, and then equalise or at least one in the last minute so they they only just beat Everton just as much as Man U just beat Bristol City last Sunday and as you mentioned about Spurs um obviously breaking news as we're recording this live uh they've lost 2-0 to Chelsea so Chelsea could potentially win the league uh if they beat Reading on Sunday and speaking of Reading uh Reading beat Brighton uh our opponents this Sunday in uh with a 3-2 win but however uh Brighton's Lee did score a wonderful goal. I don't know if you, Dima, now you saw this. Like, yeah, I didn't I see heard, it. I, I, heard it I, I will watch it. I will watch it. Contender. So I'll look at it and I'll let you know what I think. But the question is, will the Brighton players be on the beach? Oh, very good. I'm, I'm terrified about Sunday. I'm not looking forward to it. I feel very stressed. It's not keeping me up at night. But I hope <laughs> the doggo stays asleep for the whole game, and I actually get to watch it. Hmm. Yeah. That's well, we, we, I mean, regardless of what happens, then we'll we'll we, we'll be recording and uh, straight after the game, or hopefully soon after the game anyway, and then releasing the episode soon afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that'll be our, our last match day episode of the season. Yeah, thank you very much, DM, and thank you, Nat, and yep, yeah, uh, thank you to our listeners for listening once again. You have been listening to episode 24 with the Bristol City Fixing Cast. Uh, the music was by Annie Gardiner. The producer and editor was DM Withers. The article was by Shahan Mir. And the Academy Award goes to <laughs> Nat Brown. Hey! I, I tried to predict what you do, Shahan. I thought you were going to say maybe the person storming Old Trafford. Oh, yeah, that would have been good, wouldn't it? Just one I mean, well... <laughs> Letting what, off that flare. I think when they protested the, at the fact that the game was near nil at the time, Otherwise, they would have protested at least Force Village. That would have made more sense.